Hello and welcome to Team West Covina, a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend podcast. I'm your host, Paisley, and today is Sunday, April 15th, 2018. This is episode four of the podcast, and today we're discussing the last Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live shows in L.A. and Covina, as well as the after-show party at home base, otherwise known as Big League Dreams in real life. The L.A. show at the Wilshire Ebell Theater took place on April 10th, and the Covina Center concert and after-show party was on April 11th. There's a couple things I forgot to say about the Chicago show. One is that the audience sang happy birthday to Rachel because the concert took place the day after her birthday. Uh, There was no gig on her birthday itself. And that was a really great moment to have an entire theater of people singing happy birthday to Rachel. The other moment I forgot to tell you guys about is that when the venue split the general admission line into guys and girls, some people started singing Let's Generalize About Men, which was too perfect. So the day of the LA show, we did a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend fan meetup for dinner, and I met Mary Elizabeth, who got my extra LA ticket for the show. She and her friend Jeremy were wearing Without Love t-shirts, as was I, and several others in our group. We took some photos after dinner, and it's always a lot of fun to be around other fans in person, since that's still pretty rare for me. Our friend Heather physically made a pretzel to bring to the show. I also met Vicky in person for the first time. She's from England and is well-known on Twitter in the CXG fan community. Vicky's been open about her struggles with borderline personality disorder on her podcast called Where's Rebecca Bunch? And it's always great to get an insider's perspective. It meant a lot to Vicky to be able to come to the show. Just outside the Wilshire Ebell Theater, I saw Renee Goubet, who plays Father Bra and is a writer for the show. I had fourth row seats, though way off to one side, so I kind of caught things from a different angle. Two friends, Lauren and Lisa, were in front of me, and then we had friends scattered throughout the theater, since in many cases we could only find single seats, not multiples together. We could actually take photos at the show, although we couldn't use flash, and the lighting made it kind of challenging to go without it. To be honest, I really struggled with photos this whole tour. Many venues didn't allow them, absolutely no one allowed flash, and that's considerably different from other concerts I've been to. I have a good DSLR that can take decent pictures without flash. Uh, The problem with this tour is that there's a lot of moving and dancing during the show, and that's probably going to be blurry unless you use flash. So it it was pretty difficult. I missed a lot of great expressions and poses, and I'm going to try to reevaluate my camera situation and, and see if I can get better pictures last time. But in any case, I I do have a lot of shots to share with you guys, but you wouldn't believe how many I took that didn't come out. I put all that on social media, so feel free to check Twitter and Instagram and and Facebook. All of the concert photos will be up there. I'm still kind of working on it. Where's Rebecca Bunch is always the first song, except this time it should have been called Where's Vinny or maybe Where's Josh Chan because I immediately noticed that he wasn't there. It seemed very unlike Vinny to miss a gig, especially the L.A. show. But later when I talked to him, he told us what he's filming and that he came straight afterwards. However, in exchange, we got both David Hull, White Josh, and Eric Lopez, who plays Hector, throughout the show. And I loved seeing both of them as they weren't in Chicago. They were both on stage for Where's Rebecca Bunch, as well as some of the other group ensembles. 
instead of Rachel and Vinny's number, Rachel sang Sex with a Stranger solo, which we hadn't heard in Chicago. They have so many great songs to choose from, and I know Rachel had a hell of a time narrowing the set list down. So I really appreciated being able to hear at least one or two different songs each concert, though the majority of the show stayed the same. I won't talk about every number if it was similar to the Chicago show, since we went over that in the last podcast, but I'll mention what was sung. We had another solo from Rachel, the Math of Love Triangles, then Fuck Ton of Cats with the group. Rachel was wearing her leather pants and a black leather jacket. They did a patriotic pose during the pictures, among other things. After that, it was I Love My Daughter But Not in a Creepy Way, sung by Pete with Jack Dolgen on guitar, and Donna Lynn's solo on Maybe This Dream. They upgraded Tap That Ass from a spontaneous rendition at the Chicago show to an actual part of the set list in L.A., which was a great call. Cat Burns ran out and performed the dancing with Rachel since Vinny was still MIA. After that, Gabrielle came out, kissed Rachel, did Women Gotta Stick Together, and went all the way down first row, picking people out of the crowd to insult. I didn't know the audience as well as I did at the Chicago show, because at the latter we had hours to get to know each other in line. Then Scott sang Let's Have Intercourse to Rachel, and when they did Strip Away My Conscience, it was Kat who joined Gabrielle to flank Rachel as dancers since Vinny wasn't there. They're very good at filling in for each other. We saw that throughout the tour. One of the other unusual things about this tour was that they made an effort to have special guests at many shows along the way. Michael McMillan was a special guest in L.A., and he came out to sing Tim's song, The Buzzing from the Bathroom. It was great to hear him live because he can really belt it, and this was the first time I'd seen him in person. He did an excellent job with the tragic faces while singing, too. It was like he was still in character. Michael also wore a Tim-like office outfit with suspenders. I'd heard that Tova Felcha, who plays Rachel's mom, was a special guest in New York. Speaking of Rachel's mom, both her parents were in the audience in L.A., and at one point she acknowledged them. Then Gabrielle sang I'm So Good at Yoga, and this time when they danced in a circle around Rachel and stuck their butts in her face, at the very end, David Hull basically straddled her. (laughs) Rachel started laughing. It was really funny. It seems like they do a different bit each time at the end of that song, but each one appears to be a surprise to her. One of the highlights was when Aline Brosh McKenna, another special guest, came out to do the Jap Battle Rap with Rachel. I first saw that two of them performed this on video a few months ago, but kind of thought it was a one-off. It was a lot of fun to see it in person. It's got this ironic energy because Rachel and Aline are best friends in real life, yet play enemies in the song. Scott and Rachel sang and danced the horny angry tango. Adam Schlesinger sang What'll It Be? And Pete sang Getting By. I don't think I mentioned last time that Pete comes out in a white jacket and pants, sunglasses, and a lavender shirt and handkerchief or bandana sticking out of his back pocket. The colored handkerchief is a signal used in the gay community, especially in the 1970s. It basically indicates what you're looking for, what you're interested in, as well as what you are. So Pete was wearing it on the right-hand side, indicating that his character Daryl is a bottom. Big surprise there. According to the LGBTQ wiki, a lavender hanky means he likes cross-dressing or gender play. I can see that. And apparently specifically having a paisley handkerchief means something too, which I believe that's what Daryl's was. It means he likes boxer shorts, which is super appropriate considering what happens during Fit Hot Guys. After that, Josh Chan was introduced to the crowd and Vinny moseyed on stage. By this point, I hadn't yet learned why he wasn't there, 
but was thoroughly convinced he wasn't going to show up. So it was a surprise when he did. He actually got the biggest cheer this way by turning up two-thirds of the way through the concert. He wore a backwards baseball cap, and Rachel sort of reenacted the scene where they meet on the streets of New York from the pilot, pretending to be all excited and bashful around him, which was really cute. Then they sang, we should definitely not have sex right now. When she sings, what are we, bonobos in a tree? He, as Josh Chan says, I don't know what that is. <laughs> that was a great added line. They've been doing that throughout the, the tour. When they did Let's Generalize About Men this time, David Hull, Waijo, filled in for Vela, which was awesome. Then Rachel did I'm a Good Person. Donna Lynn sang Face Your Fears with the cast backing her in crier robes. And this time when they sang Fit Hot Guys, it was Scott and David, but they still had Pete come out in the fireman outfit rather than Vinny. I don't recall exactly how they got on the Smash Mouth thing, but had heard that at a different show, the audience had shouted for Smash Mouth during the encore or something like that, based off a quip Rachel had made. At the LA show, this got brought up again, and somehow led into an audience sing-along of All Star, which really tickled Rachel. As she said she was listening to that song while on her way to pitch the pilot of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So it's kind of like another full circle moment. It seemed like she was having a lot of those uh, during the tour. There was also a guy in the audience that she let sing into the microphone for a bit because he knew all the words to All Star and had it down. One of the new songs that they hadn't sung in Chicago was Friendtopia with David Hall as Bella again. Then they did You Stupid Bitch and Heavy Boobs at the end. So immediately after the L.A. show, Eric Lopez, who plays Hector, came down to talk to someone he knew just a couple inches from us, and he was about to go back up the stage stairs but we made eye contact and it seemed like it might be okay to ask for a photo. He was very accommodating. Heather and I got a photo with him and our friend Lisa took a photo. Eric looked great, has a great smile, and it was really nice of him to take the time. I had no idea what, it, what to expect when it came to meeting the cast members and it really all blew me away. I, I didn't even know how many I'd get to meet and there, there were really so many people there from the show in LA, even more than in other places. After the show, we found all our friends and waited outside the theater with a small group for a while. Since the Chicago show, I'd seen multiple selfies on social media of fans meeting cast members, so it seemed to be okay as long as it wasn't too many at once. The funny thing was, all the LA people went to the show as well, so when people did start exiting, it was supporting cast members like Michael McMillan, who placed him. I'd only really seen people take photos with the main cast, so it was a great surprise to see rarer faces. Michael was one of the most considerate cast members. We interacted online a little, and I listened to his podcast, Bigfoot Collectors Club. It was nice to have the actors connect the face to the name on Twitter. Next, Bane Gibby came out. This totally threw me, as I hadn't known she was there. She guested on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend as Cornelia. Bane was in the audience, apparently, and she was gracious enough to take photos with me also. I say photos because our first one turned out seriously spooky. It was mostly in the dark with some trees behind us, and well, let's just say we had a photo bomber and a panda costume. It reminded me a ton of the episode Josh's Ex-Girlfriend is Crazy, which is basically the scary, sexy lady episode four of third season. So you can check that out online, too. That's up right now on, on social media. Burl Mosley, who plays Jim, came out at the same time as Bane Gibby, so 
Unfortunately, I missed getting a photo with him as by the time I finished with Bane, he'd already left. It was nice to see him come in support, though. Then Pete Gardner surprised us all by coming around the corner from the parking lot instead of out the doors. His family was already waiting for him and chatting with fans. Pete's got tremendous energy. He's genuinely positive and enthusiastic about things, like Daryl. This makes him and Vinny probably the easiest for me to meet, because you never fear that you're bothering them. They're extremely welcoming. The entire cast was very nice, though. We had kind of a weird setup in that fans were waiting at the front door of the venue, which seemed a bit strange to me. With other acts, I was used to always waiting at the stage door. But there was a fence and a parking lot in the back, and it seemed like most fans were sticking to the better lit area. I also heard that early on, security guards may not have let people pass that point. Finally, a couple people went around the fence, and when they didn't come back, a few more of us followed. Rachel had come out, which we saw pretty much right away when we picked around the corner, and there was a short line of people taking photos with her, run by the venue's security guards. Vicky and I were some of the last people to get photos with her before they cut off the line. It was the first time I'd met Rachel, and because I knew security was trying to rush us through, I had trouble finding words. I basically said one or two sentences to her, and she was welcoming and great after a long day. I hoped I'd be able to talk to her for just a few minutes longer the next night at the Covina show in a more relaxed fashion, but was really grateful I got to meet her at all. Vicky, too, had gotten to tell Rachel who she was, that the show had helped her with her own borderline diagnosis, and Rachel remembered that she'd flown all the way from England. It was really great to be there for that touching moment. That was Vicky's first time meeting Rachel as well. Shout out to Nicole, who was kind enough to get us two tickets to the Kavina show by standing in line early. This was the Will Call show, and you basically had to stand in line in person in order to get tickets. Nicole's local to the area, so she was able to do that. Since I was already scheduled to be here for the LA show, it would make the trip even more worth it if I could attend the last show of the tour in Covina, no less. I've literally wanted to attend a CXG show in West Covina for several years now before the concert tour was even a thing. I just thought there's something so art-becoming life about it, making it extra special. And it definitely didn't disappoint. Not only did we get some new and different things, but Rachel said it was her favorite show, and both the venue and the energy of the crowd were spot on. It was exactly how you'd want to close out a tour. We arrived early to beat the traffic, and were in the car catching up on social media and figuring out what we wanted to do before the show when Michael McMillan, Tim, pulled into the parking spot next to us. We also saw Donna Lynn sitting outside the stage door in the afternoon, but she was on her phone and we didn't want to bother her, so we went to dinner. The Covina Center has everything going for it. It looks like a fancy, pretty theater. The only difference between it and other theaters is that there's only six rows in the entire theater <laughs> and one row in the balcony. It felt very West Covina, actually. I've never seen like a full-fledged theater that was that small. Normally, if it's that small, it's a club or some other kind of venue. So just really perfect to, to see the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend cast in. To be clear, it's located in Covina as there are no actual performing venues in West Covina. But it had that small town feel. The ushers and manager were nice. They let us pick up tickets early and allowed the audience to take photos. 
there was a bar lounge area behind the balcony, and I learned that that was where the West Covina City Council was going to sit. Rachel had invited them as a thank you for letting Crazy Ex-Girlfriend film the pilot in their city. Once again, there was cosplay at the show. A great group of local friends went all out with cosplay. Two of the girls, Caitlin and Rose Ivy, had made Let's Generalize About Men cosplay. One was Valencia and one was Heather. They even made matching shoes. Two of the guys were dressed in blue sweatsuits like the backup dancers in Daryl's song, My Sperm is Healthy. I'd never seen that one before. That was really creative. And another guy and girl in their group both wore without love shirts. We also saw a separate guy and girl dressed in handmade We'll Never Have Problems Again orange and blue jumpsuits, which is another iconic look that is straightaway recognizable. I was really thrilled with the magnitude of these costumes and all the creativity that went into them. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but probably for the next one, I'm going to try to have some kind of cosplay ready. My seat was in third row this time, and there was no bad seat in the house. I had a wonderful view. This venue even had risers for each new row, so everyone could see extremely well. It was easy to take pictures. It was an incredibly intimate theater, and the cast felt like this too. Gabrielle was live streaming for Instagram, and it kind of made me laugh because it reminded me of Valencia. David Hull, surprisingly, wasn't at this show, but Eric Lopez was still there and came out with them for Where's Rebecca Bunch and other songs. Rachel kept addressing the West Covina City Council and the mayor, especially after doing sexy or crass songs, and that was really amusing. She kept looking up at the balcony and you know, thank you again, West Covina City Council, for coming. You know, she did something very non-PC or something that wouldn't be on TV. Uh, it was it was really funny, and they were good sports. Early on in the show, Vinny came out with boba, like actual boba, and a West Covina tote bag. Very Josh Chan. Rachel talked about Three Vinos, a business that's diagonally across from the Covina Center which we'd actually seen and commented on around dinner time. We almost went to check it out to see if we should eat there for dinner. I remember suggesting it, and then we decided to stick with the Italian place we found. But we learned that this Three Vinos place was the inspiration for spiders and the apostrophe problem mentioned in episode two, which we talked about on the podcast. And so this place, when you see the sign, it says three Vinos, apostrophe S, and a guy named Vino owns it. So she had the same kind of questions every time she, she saw that restaurant. And I looked at some of the pictures inside. I really wish I'd gone inside there if, if I'd known I would have. But it kind of looks like spiders. I can definitely see where that was the inspiration. I, I think I'd like to stop back there next time I'm, I'm in the area. When they did picture posing time, Rachel shouted, pose the way you feel about peanuts. And while everybody else seemed to be excited and like them, Vinny squatted and made a constipated face and also a scared face. It was really funny. The pictures turned out pretty well from that. And then they did some superhero poses for our section. After that, they took a knee for the West Covina City Council when they did a pose towards the balcony, except Scott lied down on his back on the floor. <laughs> There was a funny moment when Rachel ended up with the old condom of Scott's after Let's Have Intercourse and said she wanted to throw it to somebody in the audience who would really use it. And there was this guy in the middle who yelled out, I'm on a date right now. And she was like, yep, that's the guy. <laughs> and Michael McMillan was still around to do the buzzing from the bathroom. So we got to hear that again. That was great. 
Uh, there was a moment during I'm So Good at Yoga when Gabrielle stra straddled Vinny. I don't have the set list for the Kavina show. I can kind of piece it together, so I'm not exactly going in order. But they did play a couple new songs, and that's mainly what I want to comment on. There were some songs that I hadn't yet heard on tour at this concert. Rachel sang Sexy French Depression. I believe she did that on some of the other shows of the tour, but it was nothing I'd seen until Kalina. Gabrielle sang This Is My Movement, sitting down at the piano with Adam and pretending to play. Jack Dolgen also wasn't at the Kavina show. It was just Adam in the back on piano. I was a little bit disappointed that Gabrielle didn't do clenches on stage like in the music video, but she sounded fantastic on this one. Pete also did a song I hadn't heard yet on tour, You're My Best Friend, But I Know I'm Not Yours. He came out with a ukulele and realized the strap was broken when he went to put it on. Rachel volunteered to hold it up while he played. Pete talked about what an amazing person she was, said some really sweet and genuine things about her that wasn't a bit, and there was this touching moment between him and Rachel. Pete tried to start singing the song after that, but the audience was so into it that we all started laughing after every line, including Pete himself, and it got to the point where he and Rachel were almost crying laughing, and he couldn't play. You know, he'd sing a line, and we'd all just start laughing, and he'd sing another line, and it would get worse. And he like almost, he couldn't even get through this song. He literally had to stop. And he was just laughing too hard. So then when he started back up again, the audience started singing it along with him as he got back into it. And it was a wonderful, spontaneous moment. Pete gave Rachel a big hug after that performance. It's moments like those that I love because they don't happen at every show. They're spontaneous and unpredictable, and they're really genuine. It was a, a genuine moment between those two. There was also a really touching moment between Rachel and Aline right before Jap Battle Rap. Aline talked about how close they'd gotten as friends, how Rachel was like a daughter to her, and how five years ago they'd been here scouting West Covina. Aline showed the audience a photograph of Rachel messily eating pizza in West Covina as they were working on the pilot. And now, five years later, look at what they've accomplished. It's, it's amazing. And Rachel teared up, and she and Aline hugged, and it was a very sweet moment. Vinny came out to beatbox when they were rapping, which was a, a fun little addition. Aline had left the theater down one of the side aisles after that song. And then a song or two later, she ran into the theater again, all the way up the stairs to the stage, and dashed through at a diagonal across the stage, right through about three or four other people who were in the middle of something. And she was shouting, I forgot my phone. And everybody died laughing. She just like crashed through everything. It was not subtle. It was like, boom, you know, um, like a wedding crasher or something. Donna Lynn Rachel and Gabrielle did first penis I saw together. I love when they recreate the dance moves from the music video, like the part where the three women stand with their backs together in a circle and they point and put their hands behind their heads. It looked really good on stage. It was a lot of fun. During I'm a Good Person, Rachel ran to the front row and had the girls that were dressed as a boy band of four Joshes say, you're a good person, into the microphone. After Face Your Fears, who should come on stage but George, Danny Jollies, 
I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce his name either. Jolly sounds right for a comedian. I don't know. Hopefully I've got that right. He was helping with something else behind the scenes, so I'm not entirely sure this was planned either, but Rachel asked Danny if he remembered George's turn at all, and Adam said he still thinks it's one of the best song jokes they've ever done and considered submitting it for an Emmy. Danny sang George's turn, and Rachel interrupted him right on cue. That was an awesome surprise. I hadn't expected to see George as a special guest, probably because that's not the kind of thing that happens to George, but it was delightful. During Let's Generalize About Men, the cast had the two girls dressed as Valencia and Heather get up and dance in front of their seats and put the microphone down so they could do the ooh, I hear ya girl part. Tim, Michael McMillan, came out with the rest of the cast to do heavy boobs with a pale pink bra over his shirt. So my question is, where did they get all these bras? Did they have someone buy them for the tour? Did Rachel pick them out for each cast member? Or did they all bring their own? A few songs before the show ended, Rachel announced that they'd be leaving the theater quickly and were having an after-show party at Big League Dreams in West Covina. That's what we'll be if anyone wants to find us, she said. But she urged us to get there quick because it closed at 11 p.m. Nicole wasn't sure if Rachel was intentionally trying to lead fans astray so they didn't wait endlessly by the stage door, but I looked up the closing time of Big League Dreams and confirmed it was 11. Sometimes bars or restaurants stay open later if a band wraps by too, so it seemed pretty plausible to me, and nothing short of perfect. The idea of meeting the cast at the very place the pilot was filmed was more than I could have hoped for. There was no indication, at least as far as I know, until just a couple songs before the end of the show, and it just escalated everything to a whole other level. It I guess maybe I should have thought of this as a possibility, but I just, I kind of saw visiting Big League Dreams and meeting with the cast as two separate things and putting them together just absolutely made my trip. Funnily enough, there were a lot of girls in the bathroom after the show and many didn't believe that Rachel's Big League Dreams invitation was real. Someone thought it was a fake place made up for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and several of us explained that it actually existed. We stayed by the stage door for a few minutes to see if we could confirm that the cast really was going there, and Eric was able to confirm it for us, so thank you for that. He basically said, yeah, they are all going there, but he had no idea Rachel was going to invite the whole theater. It was a surprise to at least some of the cast, too. She's very spontaneous that way. Just as we were turning to go, we saw Donna Lynn come out of the stage door. I had not met her yet and I wasn't sure if she'd go to the after party or be too tired, as she's mentioned that touring on such a grueling schedule takes a lot out of her. I spoke to Donna about how much I loved her portrayal of Paula, how I lost my Paula in real life, and watching the relationship between Rebecca and Paula on the show helps me reminisce about my friendship with Daisy before she died. Donalyn wasn't sure if she was going to make League Dreams, so I asked if I could take a quick picture with her then. She's one of my favorite characters, so I was really happy I got to meet her on my last night. Big League Dreams was about 10 minutes away, and it wasn't long after we arrived at the stadium club that George, Danny Jollies, walked through the front door. I was very amused that George was the first one to show up. His character doesn't get to be first very often, unless it's first to get fired. Every time a cast member walked in, the party cheered. Danny walked up to the bar where Nicole and I were standing, and we got to chat with him for a bit and take photos. Rachel rolled in not long after that with several people behind her, 
She and other cast members, friends, and family took a small table in the back, and we all let her sit down, take a break, and visit with the people she knew for a bit. Nobody went up and bothered her immediately, as far as I could tell. Eventually, she and fans started milling naturally. In the meantime, Nicole went up to talk to Scott Michael Foster, Nathaniel, while I chatted with Adam Schlesinger, who's done several other projects I'm a fan of. I had a good talk with Adam about a couple different things and was happy I got the chance to do that. Then I checked back in with Nicole, as she was going to have me take a picture of her and Scott, and I did the same afterwards. He was a very nice guy, very chill. After that, Josh Chan was in the house. Vincent Rodriguez III entered, and a small cluster of people formed around him, making a loose line. I got to chat with Vinny for a while, and we had a good talk. I feel like I talked to him for a while and learned a lot of things. I told him I'd seen him at the Chicago show, and he recalled that. Also, the boy band made up of four Josh's cosplayers were literally missing one person to make four. There were only three of them at the show. So Vinny became the fourth Josh for the photo. It was too good. He also did some Let's Generalize About Men poses with Caitlin and Rose Ivy, the other cosplayers. After that, Rachel was available, and we actually got to talk to her at length, which was so, so wonderful. It was much easier to talk to her when I didn't feel rushed by security guards. It wasn't their fault. It was late at night, and everybody wanted to go home after the L.A. show. But I was happy to get the opportunity to talk to Rachel like a normal person at Big League Dreams. I told her the night before I tried to rush my words out so quickly that I got overwhelmed and forgot the word for podcast, and she laughed about that. I mentioned that I was Team West Covina podcast on social media, and we talked about the people we have in common. I told her a friend and I were staying with Vince who did the tour artwork while we saw shows and that I'd actually met Vince for the first time in Homebase itself, Bigly Dreams, back in November, prior to all of this, and that we all met up with a group of fans to see Crazy Ex-Girlfriend film locations last year, as you guys know about from the podcast, and everybody stayed in touch with an active group chat, so we talk pretty regularly now, including Harrison, who does Bagels After Midnight, and Rachel still remembered him too, as she and Alina have commented that they like his channel in the past. She had nothing but great things to say about Vincent Harrison, which was nice to hear, and she was really glad that we'd all become good friends. Just a couple minutes after this, while we were still talking to Rachel, Vince walked into Big League Dreams, so I said, and there he is now. It was great timing. Vince didn't have a ticket to the Covina show, but made it to the after party and got to chat more with the cast as well. I got better pictures with Rachel this time, including one with our backs against each other and her arms folded. She's really good at poses. She thinks of all different poses to take with people. It's great. Nicole wanted another pic with Scott that showed how tall he was next to her. And when she told him that, he immediately climbed onto the nearest chair. That was a great funny pic. Gabrielle had quite a few friends there and was pretty busy earlier, but she took some time to take photos with fans. And I was able to take a few with her and talk about how great it was to see her humor on stage, since that's not exactly Valencia's strong suit. Donna Lynn did end up coming to Big Leg Dreams, and even though I'd already gotten a, a picture with her, I ended up getting to chat with her more, which I appreciated. She wondered if I was cosplaying or inspired by Vela with the long, thin, flowery shirt I was wearing. And I hadn't really made the connection yet, but now I totally see it. My mom had just bought me that shirt for Easter, but it does look like Vela now that I'm looking back on it. I got to chat with Pete again, too, for a pretty long time. 
He has this great relationship with Scott and talked about what a good guy he was, up for trying anything new, even if he'd never done it before. Things like skiing, tennis, that sort of thing. I really like their real-life bromance. They get along really well. We all left completely sated and happy. Rachel had the right idea about how to please everyone and celebrate the end of the first, but not the last, crazy ex-girlfriend tour. It worked for cast, it worked for fans of the show, it worked for Big League Dreams, who got our patronage, and whose staff was super patient and welcoming to all of us. Never before have I been able to take photos with entertainers I admire in an actual iconic film location where scenes from the show took place. And I was absolutely shocked at how many cast members I got to meet on my trip. It far surpassed my highest expectations, truly. I'd still like to meet Bella Lavelle, David Hull, Jack Dolgen, and Cat Burns, among others, someday. But I went home completely satisfied. I never in a million years would have thought that I would have gotten to meet that many cast members. If I had just gotten to meet, you know, Rachel, Donalyn, and Pete after the show, or you know, just a few of them, I I would have been happy with that. I That's all I really hoped for. And it just blew my mind coming back from all of this. And we were milling around home base. And it was just surreal. When I visited Big League Dreams in November last year, it was enough to just soak in the atmosphere. And I still feel that way. I could have just sat at one of the tables with my laptop on a sunny afternoon. I loved just being in such a familiar place that's so personal to me. I never thought of the cast members being there at the same time. I didn't even think I'd make it back to the restaurant on this trip since this all happened on weekdays and I had to get back to work. So this whole trip meant a great deal to me. And everybody's been so lovely online afterwards, and I'm just very grateful for all of you in the extended CXG family. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a fantastic trip. And I, I really hope that everyone gets to experience the equivalent at some point. That's the, the thing about these tours. It's kind of unprecedented for the cast to be going out and doing these things, and our fandom is getting to experience them for the first time. and they can provide the highest highs and also stressful moments for some people. They can bring out ups and downs and anxieties about speaking to the, the entertainers that people love so much and that mean so much to them. And there can be the anxiety of whether or not they're going to be able to meet someone after a show, whether or not they're going to be able to get tickets for a concert, where those seats are going to be. And just the whole fandom reacting to the tour, it was like a wave online. So much was happening all day, every day for those couple of weeks that the tour was on. And while I'm really excited and I can't wait for them to do more tours, and I think as far as I can tell overall, the, ha the cast had a really great time. And while traveling is always hard on them, I think they, they all seem to really enjoy the shows. But I do sympathize with fans that maybe had their anxieties rise during this concert tour, especially those fans who weren't able to go to the concerts or weren't able to get tickets. It can be hard to hear about fans having these amazing experiences if, if you haven't been able to experience it yet. And I do really want to address that 
I'm doing a recap after these shows, and I think a lot of people do like to know what's going on. But at the same time, I've been in the other position as well, and I know how depressing it can be when you feel like you missed something or other people got to have these experiences that you would give anything for. I've definitely been on both sides of it with different fandoms, and all I can tell you is that it it can really change over time. There are things you couldn't even imagine happening that might happen in the next few years. I didn't even have on my radar that this home base thing could happen. And I know a lot of you live in places where it's really difficult to see Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, especially if it's like another country or a state where nobody ever tours. And I guess I would just say don't give up hope because I remember being in other fandoms where, say, some musicians never came out and toured anymore. And everybody knew that, oh, this musician or that musician never goes on tour. You're never going to see them in person. And, you know, eventually, you know, whether it was a few years or a decade later, you know, I did see them in person. So just never say never with these things and keep talking to people and and trying to find ways to connect with the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live shows or getting to see one or more of these people perform in person. It's, it's worth it to have the experience, and sometimes it does take time. And for those of you who haven't gotten to see them yet, don't give up hope. I, I really want everyone to have these experiences, and the cast really tries hard to meet people after shows and do what they can to make that happen. So let's just hang in there, and, and hopefully more of you will be able to see them the next time they come around. If anybody's feeling frustrated after the tour because they feel like they missed out, I mean, feel free to vent to me or other people in the fandom. I I definitely sympathize with that position. And I'm not in L.A. locally either, so I feel like I might miss things too. And I definitely understand your feelings. But I do think that there'll be a lot more opportunities in the future, and I'm looking forward to them. If anyone's able to rate and review the podcast, that would be a huge help towards growing the audience. If you'd like to help support the podcast, feel free to donate as little as a dollar on Patreon or Podbean crowdfunding under Team West Covina. There'll be links in the show notes. Thank you very much. You can reach out to the podcast or start discussions on Facebook at facebook.com slash Team West Covina, Twitter at Team West Covina, or Instagram under Team West Covina. You can also email me at paisley.podcasts at gmail.com. I will say I do have a lot of concert photos up right now. I'm not sure if they're all up at the time you're hearing this recording, but I am going to be working on that throughout the week as well. I do have all of the LA show photos up, and I'm starting to get the Covina photos up at the time that I'm recording this. And I did make an exception as far as posting some photos of us meeting the cast. I normally don't like to post photos of myself, but at least temporarily there are a few up from that experience since it was so unprecedented and such a big part of what happened on the trip. And so temporarily those are up and the concert photos will stay up. So feel free to check all of that out on social media. I also just wanted to touch base and say I do have a regular episode review coming too. 
it may be a, a little while. I have the doc ready, but I've been doing a lot of recordings about the concerts and I'm really looking forward to getting back into the episode reviews and analysis about the show. I, I really love doing that. That's probably my favorite kind of episode to do. And I'll be talking about episode three. I hope Josh comes to my party fairly soon. So look for that. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.